Well, good evening. Good evening. Good to have you with us tonight. Uh, my name is Randy. I'm the minister here. It is so good to see everybody. I want to tell you, I'm glad that you are here, and I'm glad that I am here. In fact, I'm doubly glad that I'm here because last year I wasn't here. Uh, for those of you who might remember, uh, one year ago, I was diagnosed with the flu on December the 23rd. All of our kids had come in, and we sent them all home uh, immediately. It was not COVID, uh, but I tell you, it was by far the sickest I've ever been in my entire life. And uh, we, Lori and I were both sick for about two weeks. I lost about 15 pounds. I found it back again. <laughs> Pretty obvious. Uh, but as the days go on, uh, drew on in that sickness, I want to tell you, I, I'm the sort of guy that can easily lose hope. And I began to lose hope. It was horrible. It really was horrible. And um, I didn't know if I was ever going to get well. And looking back, I know that it was nothing compared to what some people have dealt with through COVID and these long haulers, they call it. But it was pretty rough on me, you know. And, and when you're in a situation like that, you have to keep up your hope. And, and I don't know about you, but when, as we were going through that, those songs, just the theme of hope just kept popping up to me. And in fact, a few weeks ago, as I was thinking about what do I talk about on a predictable evening service Christmas Eve, and the word hope just kept coming back over and over again. You know, hope is one of the most important necessities in our entire life. One of my favorite authors, Chuck Swindoll, once said, we can live several weeks without food, we can live several days without water, we can live only minutes without air and oxygen, but without hope, forget it. And I want to tell you, if we don't have hope, we are in poor state indeed. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. You know, in looking at that order, hope didn't make number one as the greatest spot, love did, but I got to tell you that hope is in pretty good company, isn't it? Faith and love and hope together, all those three make an incredible trinity of, of emotions and a belief that we're going to get through something. And in fact, hope is one of the greatest things that we can ever have. And hope is what makes us keep pushing on, even against the odds. And those moments in life, whether they're dire health issues, whether it's uh, our own sickness, whether it's a, a loved one that we have, whether it's financial, whether it's job, relational, we got to have hope. And what I love about that is that Jesus is the one who brings hope into our life. It is our hope that we depend upon. And you know, it seemed like to me that the last few months, maybe the last couple years, there is a measure of hopelessness that people experience when their future isn't clear or maybe their future is a little bit threatened. We get very comfortable in having everything predictable and everything that we can control, but when we can't do that, we begin to lose a measure of hopelessness. And you know, the Bible talks about hopelessness in the Old Testament, the people of Israel were many times in their history at a point of hopelessness. And over and over again, they would come back to God and he would give them hope and restore them. And then they would reject him again and again. But at one point, they had wandered so far from God. As a result of that, they lost everything. They lost their status. They lost their wealth as a nation, their homeland, their identity, their freedom, and they lost hope for the future. But you know what? God began to give them hope. And he did that through promises, the promise of a savior, a Messiah, a conquering king, he said, who would come to set them free. And he gave that hope many, many times through various prophets and uh, 
and preachers who would come and share. In fact, two to 400 prophecies. Over hundreds of years, God just kept injecting hope into their lives. And these prophecies were very specific about several areas of Jesus' life, but especially about his birth. And in fact, in Micah chapter 5, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. We know that this is one of many prophecies that spoke about when Jesus would come to this earth as a baby. And even though they probably didn't understand that, they were doubtful about the city of Bethlehem because it was a small town and very few things important happened there or came from there. But even the town where Jesus would be born was predicted and he injected hope in them. Isaiah 42, God said, here's my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. Even the islands will put their hope in this one that it was coming. But he will bring justice and hope. And you know, when the people heard these prophecies, their hope began to soar. They began to believe that God had not forgotten them, that God was going to send this king, this Messiah, this Savior into the world. And because of this and other prophecies and God's big plan, the Christmas story is a story of hope. It's a story of hope when you don't feel a lot of hope. It's a reminder that God cares. In fact, God came to be a part of our world. Hope when your future is unsure or dim. Hope when you feel abandoned or you feel alone. Hope when you don't know what to do next or you don't know who to put your trust in. Let me tell you that hope is a person. It is Jesus Christ. In fact, Christmas is all about hope from beginning to end. The prophecies that predicted Jesus, where he would be born, the circumstances of his birth, hope was there. Hope was what supported this young virgin when an angel came, appeared out of the blue and said, you're going to have a child and it's going to be, you're going to be born of the Holy Spirit and it's going to give birth to the Son of God. Hope is what made Joseph decide to go ahead and marry the woman he was engaged to, even though she turned up pregnant. Hope is what the angels sang about whenever they announced in the middle of the night to, to the uh, shepherds that a baby had been born. Hope caused Mary to wonder in her heart. Hope was presented with gifts from the Magi who came from the far east to worship him and see him. See, the Christmas story is a hope story. It's a hope story because it chronicles the coming of to earth of the one who is hope itself, Jesus Christ. There are circumstances that we hope in, that we believe in, that we dream about, but the only thing that's truly reliable, that we know will always happen, will always be available, always be there for us is Jesus. And Jesus was and is the only hope for people like us who are born in sin and hope for a world that's been damaged by sin and has no other source of hope. And while we as a nation are in much better shape in many ways than Israel was during this time of their hopelessness, we are a nation that needs that, that has a need for hope. They needed a savior and so do we. And there is nothing or no one else that we will find hope in. Now, unfortunately, the Jewish people as a nation did not accept Jesus, but fortunately for us, he invited us to share in that hope, telling us that hope is an invitation and hope is a choice. 
a choice that we are freely given, an invitation that we are offered. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't set up an earthly kingdom. He didn't enforce his rule on the unwilling. Dan mentioned this earlier. He didn't come like we might suspect as a king forcing himself on us. He didn't come to judge us or to condemn us. He made that very clear. He did not come to condemn, but he came to save. He came to serve, to suffer, to seek, and to save the lost. And he came to die so that he would bring hope to the entire world. Jesus came to bring hope through a rescue mission. He came to restore, to draw to himself, and to love all of those who without his grace would have no hope at all. And the fact that we celebrate his birth every year should be a reminder to us of the hope that he provides, that we can be redeemed, that the whole world can be renewed, the world can be saved, that anyone and everyone who wants to come to him can be saved. And you know what? Jesus knew that about himself. Jesus knew that. He knew he was the hope of the world, and he made a bold statement declaring who he was, his identity, and his mission. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In this simple statement, we see three ways that Jesus declared that he was the hope. First of all, he says, I'm the way to God. The way to God. The hope that all of us need is only from God. And sin had broken man's connection with God. And there was no real fix for that on man's part alone. But Jesus, being both God and man was the only one who could resolve the brokenness. He would come and meet God's moral requirement of of perfectness, sinlessness. And he would be the final lamb of sacrifice. And he would pay the ultimate penalty for our sin. He laid his life down to bridge the canyon of sin that lay between us and God. He is the way to God. And then he said, secondly, he is the truth from God. Jesus didn't just come to communicate truth, even though he did. He actually was and is God's truth. He revealed God to us in a way that had never been done before. He said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. He shared truth. But he also revealed God's redemptive plan to us. How that God was going to deal with our sin. That we would be judged by the truth, but we would also be set free by the truth. And he preached the truth about our condition, that without him we're hopeless and incapable of saving ourselves. And then Jesus thoroughly said that he is life. He is life. He didn't just preach about life. He didn't just provide life. He is life. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul said, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. You know, there's one thing about dead people is they're pretty hopeless, unfortunately. Dead people, we don't have a lot of hope in their their future on this earth, right? But they need life breathed into them, or they will never rise and live again. And that's why we have this incredible hope that even though we die, there is life beyond that. Jesus is the life, and he gives us hope in spite of our human frailty and brokenness and eventually death. He came to bring hope. He came to be the life giver. He came to conquer the ultimate result of sin, which would be death. He came to give life and to defeat the power of sin and death. And we sang just a few moments ago about Jesus coming and being restored to life. And that, my friends, is how we see hope personified and demonstrated. You see, hope is a person. It is Jesus. And we tonight celebrate his humble birth. But let me tell you what I loved. I loved about the songs, and I think Dan did a great job of choosing them. 
But it wasn't just the, the Christmas story that we sang about. It was far deeper than that because we need to think about the past, but we long to think about the future. Hope lies in the future. And this baby that was born in humble circumstances is truly the hope of the world, the way, the truth, and the life. And here's the question I have for you. Is Jesus your hope? Is he your living hope? You know, I know people today, sometimes we hope that things get better when we think about, you know, our, our earthly search situation and the present. But when we think about the future, do we just hope that we're good enough to go to heaven? Do we just hope that things work out, you know, that we are graded on the curve? Or do we have a true hope, our hope that is in Jesus Christ? And my, my friends, I hope that if you do not know that you have that hope, that you'll do something about it, that you'll not sit idle and only come just to view him, but that you'll come to truly worship him and acknowledge that he is the way, the truth, and the light of the world. I'm so glad you came tonight, and I know at this time of worship, we have a couple more awesome songs to sing, and right now we're going to go to a time of, of our candle lighting, which is always a highlight of the evening in many ways, and, and one of the reasons is that I believe that a light brings hope, and we're in the darkness, when we're in doubt, when we're struggling, we need, we need some hope, we need something that shines through that, and that is the beautiful light that Jesus brings to us. You know, a few moments ago, I lit the candles here, and let me just tell you that, that the first candle on the Advent wreath is the candle of hope, because it's maybe the first thing and one of the greatest things that we have that we find in Jesus Christ. There's an old song, an old hymn that says that, that the name of it is Light One Candle, and it says, Light One Candle for Hope, One Bright Candle for Hope. He brings hope to every heart. He comes, He comes. He came. 2,000 plus years ago, but we know the promise, the hope we have is that one day he will come again. So I'm going to ask if you would, if you have a, a candle, hope you picked up one. If not, you can run back in the back or raise your hand. There's actually some folks passing them out there. We want everybody to participate. Let me just encourage you as parents to kind of help your kids if they're little uh, to keep these things turned straight up. Uh, that's the main thing about the, the candle lighting time and uh, make sure that it doesn't drip on uh, somebody to burn them or, or something important. Let me pray together, and then we'll go to this time of lighting. Heavenly Father, Father, we are so grateful that you loved us. God, we're glad that you understand our frailties and our weaknesses. And God, we're so grateful that you didn't leave us uh, hopeless. God, we're so grateful that you sent Jesus into our world. And, and Father, in the last few months especially, we've struggle with hope. Many of us have wondered, will we ever get past this season in, in our lives? God, maybe it's uh, the virus, or maybe it's just personal issues, or God, maybe there's some here tonight who don't have a lot of hope in some area about things getting better. But Lord, my prayer is that all of us here have the hope, the hope that only Jesus can give, and we can only find in a relationship with Him. So Lord, we come tonight to worship You, to light these candles in honor of you to celebrate the light and the life that you bring to us, Lord. And God, through all this, we worship you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.